1: Here is Mary Beth Lodge.
2: Good morning. How are you today? Thank you for joining me today on What Matters. Today we have some awesome information and I'm going to challenge you to take that information and make a difference in your world. I'm going to ask you to find the motivation to make a change within yourself that will carry ripples of positive change into the lives of those around you and well beyond that. So for this hour, pay attention. Spend this time listening, noticing how this information applies to you. No, not your significant other, your best friend, your child, your parent, or your coworker. Just you. Start with you first. You can always share information. You can always provide information to someone else. But you know, to make a change, that's about you. Change comes from within you, and you are the only person that you can really change. And you're the only person that you're responsible for. And when you make a change, you can truly make a difference. And I know you're busy. We are all very busy. But busy oftentimes means distracted. And it means that you're not paying attention. You're not focusing on your goals. You're not getting where you want to be. And it also could mean that you're taking for granted the people in your life and the actions that you take that are most important to you. So how do you spend your energy? What are the choices that you make in your world? And how do you touch the lives of the people that you meet Do you create sunshine wherever you are? So let's start by making our own sunshine today. What are you grateful for? You know, in my world today, I have had just an incredible week. I've had a week to relax and enjoy my family and travel. And you know I always talk about my mother. My wonderful mother has turned 97 years of age... This week, and we've celebrated her birthday from one end of the country to the other as we've traveled. It's been great. And I am grateful for the friends who have shared their cottage with us so that we have a place to relax. And for my family, who has welcomed us to visit. And I'm also grateful for an awesome massage therapist here where we are staying, who tops my list of favorite body workers. So this morning, I am also grateful for an incredible guest who has joined us from Australia, Dr. Martin Botha, who has, was born in South Africa and studied and qualified as a pharmacist um, and then obtained a Ph.D. in biochemistry in Switzerland, and who has uh, been all over the world. I'm not going through all the countries that Dr. Botha studied in, but he did study naturopathy, homeopathy, and osteopathy. He's been in Australia since 1970, setting up practice in Melbourne, and then moved to the far north Queensland. Studying part-time, he completed his B.A. in psychology. He then studied traditional Chinese medicine in China, and another eight months in India studying Ayurvedic medicine. In 1992, he moved to his present location in the rural city of Griffith in New South Wales, where he continues his practice in natural medicine. Dr. Botha offers consultation anywhere in the world through his website, healthwebadvice.net, and he is here today to talk with us about natural solutions to anxiety and depression. Good morning, Dr. Botha.
3: Good morning there, Mary Beth. How are you? I am great. How are you? Oh, fantastic. Good. It is a nice, rainy, wintry morning here in Australia, where you are sitting in the summer over there. We are
2: indeed in the summer, the hot summer.
3: (laughs) That's right. Okay.
2: Well, Well, Dr. Botha you have some some really incredible protocols that you've developed for anxiety and depression uh natural solutions um tell us a little bit about how these came about
3: uh, well it i suppose mary beth basically it is uh because of necessity you know people uh go and have treatment and uh what is an actual fact happening in my practice, and this happens very often, is where people walk in and say, now I've been to the doctor, I've been to the specialist, I've been everywhere, and you my last hope. And that is when you then get the responsibility to work with these people.
2: Mm-hmm. And I would imagine <clears throat> that when it comes to issues of anxiety and depression, there's a lot of people who don't feel that, the solution they have in the traditional world is enough.
3: Well, yes, it's a, but it's a subject that not many people like to discuss publicly, and yet many people are experiencing it. You see, according to the statistics from the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention in the USA, an average of 230 million prescriptions for antidepressants are filled every year making this the most prescribed drugs in the United States. Now despite all this prescription drugs being taken, more than 1 in every 20 American is still depressed. What is even more disturbing is the fact that 8 out of every 10 people diagnosed with depression have some level of functional impairment and finds that it's extremely difficult to do everyday tasks, you know, like work, getting things done at home or getting along with others.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: Now, this statistics for America, but let me assure you, America is not unique. These statistics for the rest of the world, including Australia, are no different.
2: Mm -hmm. So... Where do where do you start when someone approaches you and says I'm I just can't make it through my day?
3: Uh, well, basically, uh, if you take the time uh, and take a. Sit and be able to talk to the people because, to me, Marybeth, uh, my treatment uh, in most doctors' offices it's five minutes, and normally I feel that the prescription is written before you walked into this room. Mm-hmm. Uh, I take my time, which can be as much as an hour. Now I don't make as much money, perhaps, as the doctors. Definitely not, but. I am interested in my people, in my clients, and when they come in, I take a proper note of everything and we talk about everything that they are prepared to talk about at that stage. And that's when we then start to develop a protocol. You see, because what I feel is... uh, The problem is that now that several eminent researchers are querying the validity of these so-called antidepressant drugs. For instance, one investigator from the United Kingdom, Dr. Gordon... She said, and I quote, the problem is that the drug companies did not publish the unfavorable studies about antidepressants, especially these newest class, the SSRIs or the selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors like Prozac and Paxil and all that. So what what you have is a drug companies only publishing the positive studies and the doctors then only read about the positives and the patients believing their doctors and the drugs that they prescribe. It's a kind of like the emperor's new clothes. Everybody has been kind of wrapped up in this illusion when in fact over the last couple of years people have been taking a new look at all the unpublished studies and when you put together the unpublished studies and the published studies, what you found out is that the antidepressant drugs are no better than placebos, that is the sugar pills, Mm -hmm. in relieving the symptoms of depression. Mm -hmm. Now, most of the so-called antidepressants are habit-forming and are merely drugs that do other things such as sedating or stimulating people. And that's the end of her quote. So if these antidepressant drugs, for what it is prescribed for, only work no better than sugar pills... What then about the severe side effects and the huge health risks which the re- recipients must endure? It's, it's mind-boggling.
2: Well, it is. And, you know, I've, I've heard um, a researcher here in the States say that of the six or seven biological types of anxiety and depression, the SSRIs are only effective with one.
3: Uh, That's true. Uh, But you see, what is an actual fact happening is that you get your psychiatrist and psychologist that will tell you that uh, 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 depression is a disease. And it's not. Basically, it's not a disease. If we look at the definition of depression, according to the medical dictionary, it says, and I quote, Depression is a mental state of chronic disorder characterised by feelings of sadness, loneliness, despair, low self-esteem and self-reproach. Accompanying signs include psychomotor retardation and frequently the agitation, withdrawal from social contact and vegetative states such as lack of physical activity or loss of uncontrollable appetite and insomnia. Now, none of these symptoms suggest that the, the depression is a disease if you look up the definition of state, it's a condition. And the best words to describe disorder is turmoil. Now, mm-hmm. muddled or disarray. So, if, if we want to give a depression its real definition, it's a mind in turmoil, muddled or disarrayed, rather than a diseased mind. And this t- turmoil then creates an untold number of unwanted feelings. Mm-hmm.
2: I've observed it in my work as um, a, really an alteration in the brain's ability to think. That there's distortions, and it, it's almost like the neurons f- misfire, that the brain doesn't quite communicate the way it should. And Well, it...
3: If if I can quote uh, Dr. Gorton again and, and virtually extrapolate from that, is that your antidepressant is no more than a sedative that's supposed to calm you down, mm-hmm. but it is also habit-forming. And in that situation, it's no different to all the recreational drugs that is flooding our streets, and I'm sure in your suburb it's the same as in mine. hmm and you see, unfortunately, with these things, uh, with antidepressants as such, there's so much fanfare to begin with, uh, the, publishing the, the uh, good effects and not the side effects. But amongst the risks that we find in the side effects is an increased risk of diabetes and the complications of diabetes because people have eating disorders There's sudden death related to antidepressant drugs. Uh, The negative effect on the immune system and the development of autoimmune diseases such as arthritis, allergies and skin rashes. And then the scariest of all is the massive increase in risk of suicide and violent behavior towards other people.
2: Yes, so. those, those agitation side effects are always quite frightening when it happens, both internally when the person experiences it, but also externally when we see that. that...
3: See that. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: So where do we go? What?
3: Well, the first first thing to to do is to realize and understand that depression is not a disease. It's rather a sign that your body and your life are out of balance or as the dictionary puts it, it is muddled up. (laughs) And this is so important to remember because as soon as you start to view depression as an illness, you think, and many people believe that they need a drug to fix it. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: Now, in reality, all you need to try and do is to return to balance Because that depression, you see, we need to learn to listen to our bodies. Our bodies will give us certain symptoms. It can't say to you, Mary Beth, I need a vitamin or Mary Beth, I need uh, water or Mary Beth, I need this. It will give you a symptom and uh, the symptom of depression is your body's way of asking you that it needs certain nutrients. And this is very, very important. Now, I found in my practice, by using natural methods and uh, nutritional supplements, most people are able to rebalance and harmonize their bodies, their mind and their spirit. But this doesn't just happen uh, with the first mouthful that they take. Mm -hmm. It takes time. The body needs to heal itself. And this healing is simply there for them uh, to understand they need that period of time and with that period of time they can then harmonize, change, make alterations or whatever they need in their lifestyle so that they can have a normal lifestyle.
2: So what would be the first thing that you would say to someone? What would be the first intervention that you would do?
3: Uh, There's so many factors that uh, uh, seems to collapse one after the other, uh, and eventually the camel's back are broken. Now, although these factors are all different, uh, there's a, a combination of mood, emotional state, temperament, and personality that all plays a part. Now, to a certain degree, I agree with these experts that they say this is the thing, but they trigger... In the whole situation, there are always triggers that fires the gun. You need to pull the trigger to get that shot off. And the triggers that's there is activated by certain things. Now, it can be external or it can be internal. Usually external situations are, for instance, uh, you know, uh, unexpected security or a job loss or an accident or a bereavement or being a subject of physical or psychological abuse. Mm -hmm. But even with these factors, nutrition and physical activity plays a vital role in that rehabilitation. Yes. So...
2: So Let's start with the nutrition.
3: Well, what comes first, the hen or the egg? (laughs) Uh, There are also other questions we can ask, for instance, why can stress lead to anxiety or is depression a fact or a myth? Now the mood is an emotional state, and moods differ from emotions, and they are less specific, less intense, and less likely to be triggered by a particular stimulus or an event. And moods generally have either a positive or a negative makeup. In other words, people typically speak of being in a good mood or a bad mood. Now moods also differ from differs from temperament or personality traits, which are even longer lasting. Now, nevertheless, personality traits such as optimism and neuroticism predispose certain types of moods. And long-term disturbances of moods such as bipolar disorder can be considered mood disorders. Now, mood is an internal subjective state, but it often can be observed in a person's posture and general behavior.
2: Dr. Botha, we are about to take a break. So um, let's stop with that thought, and we're going to come back and talk about that that mood and where that where that leads us in terms of treatments. All right? Thank you. Mm-hmm. You're listening to the Voice America Variety Channel. Please stay tuned.
1: Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you ready to make a change in your life? Would you like to discover the hidden obstacles to your success? Mary Beth Lodge is a certified life coach with a proven track record of guiding others to success. Drawing on mind-body techniques and concepts of neuroscience, Mary Beth will design a program specific to your goals, lifestyle, and personality you'll develop a specific action plan to follow you'll learn practical and easy strategies to move through your obstacles and reach your goals
2: Good morning. Thank you for joining me this morning on What Matters. Our guest today is Dr. Martin Botha, a a doctor of naturopathy who has been talking with us this morning about the topic of anxiety and depression and leading us uh, towards the natural solutions for those conditions. Dr. Botha, you were speaking before the break about mood.
3: Yes, ma'am. Go ahead. Yes, Yes, Mary Beth, uh, you know, uh, we can be sent into a mood by an unexpected event. Now, we've all experienced the happiness of seeing an old friend. You've just mentioned it in your introduction there. Mm-hmm. Many of us have also experienced the anger of discovering betrayal by a trusted friend or even a partner. Now, like positive moods, negative moods have important implications for the human mental and physical well-being. Moods are basic psychological states that can occur as a reaction to an event or can surface for no apparent external cause. Now, since there is no intentional object that causes the negative mood, it has no specific start or stop date. A mood can last for minutes, and last for hours, days, weeks, or even longer. Now, moods, positive or negative can manipulate how you interpret and translate the world around you and can also direct your behavior. Now negative moods usually creates anxiety and it's the anxiety that can often lead individuals to misinterpret physical symptoms. People who are anxious and depressed tend to dwell on their problems. A person's affective states can Uh, influence changes in the physical body. But realize that these individuals are not hypochondriacs. These people are in a state that is known in the industry as rumination. Now, rumination is defined as a compulsively focused attention on the symptoms of a person's distress and on its possible causes and consequences as opposed to its solutions. Now rumination is similar to worry except that rumination focuses on bad feelings and experience from the past whereas worry is mainly concerned with potential bad events in the future. But rumination and worry can be triggered mechanisms leading to the anxiety and other negative emotional states. And although negative moods are generally characterized as bad, not all the negative moods are necessarily damaging. Human beings have an innate drive to reduce negative moods. People can reduce their negative moods by applying mood repair strategies. Now, the mood repair strategies have existed in a casual and unscientific way for basically all of modern human history due to the desire to change the mood when it's negative. Now generally, these technicians could be, uh, te- techniques, I should say, could be considered common knowledge are concepts such as think happy thoughts or don't listen to sad music are commonly prescribed by your friends and family for those who suffer from negative moods. However, if these moods are left unchecked, it can lead to the next phase of in the process, namely anxiety. Now, anxiety can manifest in any or all of several forms, such as a phobia, social anxiety, obsessive-compulsive disorders, and post-traumatic stress. The physical effects of anxiety may include heart palpitations, muscle weakness or muscle tension, fatigue, nausea, chest pain, shortness of breath, stomach aches or tension headaches. And this can only come out if you take proper case notes from your client. The cognitive effects of anxiety may also include thoughts about suspected dangers, such as the fear of dying. You may fear that the chest pains are a deadly heart attack or that the pains in your head are the result of a tumour or an aneurysm. You feel an intense fear when you think of dying or you may think uh, of it more often than normal or you can't get the thought out of your mind. And these are all the anxiety Factors that comes into play. And I believe that these thoughts are a form of dialogue that your brain is trying to establish with you, telling you that it is missing some important nutrients which it need and want to use to rebalance this disarray.
2: I think that, part, that statement is so profound because I, I agree with you. The body speaks to us. And perhaps we don't know how to listen, but it's speaking.
3: That's right. Mm -hmm. I have found it over and over. You know that on September the the 8th, it'll be 50 years that I've been licensed as a naturopath. Now, before that, I spent another 15, 16 years studying. And since then, I've never stopped learning. But uh, I have found it virtually in every case of any disease that this is the thing, where uh, you when you listen to these people and you analyze and observe them, you find that all these different problems that they come are the red flags for you in identifying these nutritional deficiencies that underlie the cause of anxiety and for that matter, all other problems too. Mm-hmm. If you sort of said that hydration or the lack of electrolytes or minerals or the systemic pH imbalance could be the problem, you're not not too far from the target. And the reason I say this, and I want you to think about it, what is the first casualty when it comes to mood swings, anxiety, stress and or eventual depression? It is the diet, the intake of nutrients that is neglected. Now, most people think that the basic diet and nutrition consists of a balanced intake of carbohydrates and proteins and fats and minerals. But that's only four of the five basic nutrients that the body needs. The most important ingredient, which is usually the first casualty when a person experiences anxiety, is blissfully left off the diet plan. Now, that ingredient is scientifically known as H2O. Most people call it water. And I, being a non-alcoholic person, (laughs) often socially in the company of people who are drinking uh, alcohol and not to be feeling left out, I've labeled it my Adam's Ale. (laughs) Now, we all know that the body is made up of over 70% of this stuff. We also know that the brain, the seat of the mental health and or the mental disorder consists of about 85% of water. We also know that a 1% drop in water levels in the brain affects our mental capabilities. We further know that whether we are healthy, anxious or depressed, through normal bodily functions, we lose water at an average rate of about 3% of our body weight every 24 hours. Now, if we consist of 70% water and we lose 3% and 1% already upsets us, unless that water is, that is, was lost through those bodily functions is replaced, the body becomes dehydrated. It becomes dry. And this dehydration also takes place in the brain. Now, you've asked me my initial approach to depression. I see anxiety and depression not as a disease but rather as a confusion due to a drought in the brain. Many people tell me that they only drink water when they feel thirsty. Now, that's a little bit like saying I only put fuel in my car when the tank is totally empty because by the time you feel thirsty, you are already dangerously dehydrated.
2: If you could go back, Dr. Botha, and do that statistic again did you say one percent dehydration results our mental our cognitive function yes but we don't feel thirsty at one percent
3: no you don't feel thirsty Mm -hmm. that is why uh but most people have three meals a day whether they feel hungry or not because Mm -hmm. it's a habit so what you need to do is make it a habit because since I've been talking to you uh On this interview now, I have consumed nearly uh, 16 ounces of water.
2: Wow, I don't know how you did that. I have a water bottle next to me too and I'm not getting mine down that fast.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, when you talk, you've got to drink fast. No, that's not the case. No, it's just basically, basically that is true. Uh, When people start to get a foggy mind, you can't concentrate on the computer screen or uh, have a mouthful of water and see the difference. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have buckets and buckets full at a time. Mm -hmm. Now, as we said, the last thing on the mind of these people who are anxious and depressed is not dehydration or to make sure that they're properly hydrated Because for many of these people, it's easier to replace that good water by trying to drown their sorrows and their woes. And how many times have you heard that? Mm -hmm. And what do they do it with? A dehydrant.
2: (laughs) Yes, a dehydrant. (laughs) Yes. Yeah.
3: Well, this is it. They do it. uh, And uh, uh, this then puts them on the top of a very slippery slide into a cauldron of disaster and destruction. Because in today's society, alcohol is the first step. And this is only the first step on the path basically to ruination because as they start to slide down this path, it's usually this path is usually lined with illegal sidewalk cafes serving tantalizing but even more mind-destroying so-called recreational drugs. And especially now with these so-called legalized synthetic drugs that is out. We've had a very high profile uh, case here of suicide where the person is actually a normal uh, person, uh, very highly regarded in this uh, community, went and took a dose and then decided he could fly. Unfortunately, gravity took over uh, from the third floor balcony and he fell to his death. Mm -hmm. This is a big thing in Australia at the moment. Okay. Okay. Because this is happening everywhere where people go with alcohol and then they need more. The second casualty for people suffering from anxiety and stress is usually some eating disorders. Now, these eating disorders can take different forms. You know, it can be overindulgence in junk food,
2: Mm -hmm.
3: which then leads to overweight and obesity, or it can be a refusal to take food, which leads to anorexia. Now, either of these conditions is caused by what the psychiatrist will call chronic depression or mental illness. Instead of calling for what it is, it's dehydration due to the lack of basic nutrients, namely water. And many of these depressed people will also crave copious amounts of sugar and acid-laden sodas instead of water. And we all know what the consequences that has on the physical body. Now, do you think then that the brain, the most important organ in the body, will be left isolated and untouched by this? Not at all. <laughs> Whichever way you look at it, this person has now become a prime candidate for the psychologist's counts or the recipient of a prescription from the psychiatrist uh, and using his arsenal of highly toxic and destructive chemical antidepressant drugs. Drugs that has been found to be less effective than sugar pills for the conditions it's prescribed for, yet packing a devastating punch of severe side effects and unwanted consequences.
2: Dr. Botha, we have about two minutes left till break. What's the next thing you want us to know?
3: Okay. That brings me to the next conclusion. Uh, and the first step in controlling your mood, your anxiety, your stress or your depression is to make sure that you're properly hydrated. But you must understand proper hydration in the human body, uh, it's not just having a glass full of water every second day, believing that all the disorders and states you're suffering from will disappear. By the time that these symptoms of anxiety and depression are starting to manifest, the dehydration is chronic and has reached deep into every cell of the body, including the cells of the brain. So the rehydration process must be a, a concerted and systemic process. I have found that this rehydration process can sometimes take weeks or even months before all the cells are properly hydrated and, uh, and that rebalance is achieved. Now, this is especially true when it comes to brain cells. Now, Next to water, there are also other nutritional supplements that can be used for depression. To me, digestive enzymes and essential fatty acids such as the omega-3s are probably the most important supplements to combat stress and depression. Digestive enzymes assist the body with better digestion and improved overall enzyme activity in the body because we should know that for every action in the body, there is an enzyme activity because enzymes actually speed up the process that takes place in our metabolic system within the body.
2: Mm -hmm. Okay, Dr. Botha, this is intriguing, this whole concept about enzymes, and I want to come back to that after we take our break, okay? We will. All right. You're listening to the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned, please.
3: Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America
1: on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you ready to make a change in your life? Would you like to discover the hidden obstacles to your success? Mary Beth Lodge is a certified life coach with a proven track record of guiding others to success. Drawing on mind-body techniques and concepts of neuroscience Mary Beth will design a program specific to your goals, lifestyle, and personality. You'll develop a specific action plan to follow. You'll learn practical and easy strategies to move through your obstacles and reach your goals Visit LastingLifestyleChange.com to request more information or a free consultation. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to What Matters with Mary Beth Lodge.
2: Good morning. Thank you for joining me this morning on What Matters. Our guest is Dr. Martin Botha, a naturopathic physician who has been describing many of the wonderful interventions, natural interventions that can be done for the treatment of anxiety and depression. Dr. Botha, when we took our break, you were talking about enzymes, and I find that fascinating, and I'm sure that no one would think of enzymes as being a treatment for depression. Talk to us more about that.
3: Well, Mary Beth, thanks for asking because uh, as I mentioned before that uh, enzymes uh, in your body is very important. As a matter of fact, the scientist knows of over 7,000 processes now that discover everything more and I'm sure that's only the tip of the iceberg because if you come to think of it, that in 1945 they had something like 80 activities that they could describe that is... Uh, uh, actually, where enzyme activity is involved within the metabolic system of the body there 's now over seven thousand, and more and more is discovered What is happening an enzyme what is an enzyme it 's a molecule, a protein molecule that is an actual fact a, a speeding up activities. It is a catalyst now a catalyst is something that creates something and yet uh, it 's very unchanged. Uh, People uh, are uh, very confused when I say to them, if they take vitamins, they're wasting their time. And the reason for that is enzymes are, in actual fact, the active part. And if you just take some vitamins because people go into the health food store or the Uh, pharmacy or uh, the chemist and they get some vitamins and now I'm going to feel better but if their enzyme potential is down these vitamins won't work now this goes for the brain too because the brain need those enzymes as well as the rest of the body Uh, and what is in actual fact happening is uh, enzymes, our natural enzymes within the body seems to uh, deteriorate as we age uh, for instance we reach our peak virtually at the age of 27 and from there on uh, those enzyme activities unless it is supplemented uh, will virtually deplete so that by the time you get to the age of 60-65 it is completely lost and this is where you then start use, losing muscle mass and you start losing cognitive powers etc etc. Uh, with this, uh, so having said this, the enzymes that we should get is from our food, but unfortunately with the commercial production of food these days, most of those enzymes are removed because uh, they want to improve the shelf life, the appearance of the food on the supermarket shelf, so they need to remove that, and unfortunately it's not replaced When it comes to basics like milk, for instance, the minute you pasteurize it, because anything over the uh, temperature of uh, approximately 118 degrees uh, will destroy all the enzymes in that food. So once it's pasteurized, they say, oh, the milk has now got vitamin E, A, and vitamin D added, but they never mention the enzymes. And so where the result is we are all short of enzymes. Mm-hmm.
2: And that that's the beginning, isn't it? If we don't that, digest the food, we can eat all the nutrients we want, but they don't go to the brain.
3: <laughs> well, uh, one of my hobbies is that of being a pilot. And there's an old pilot saying the most useless things in life that you can get when you're a pilot is the runway behind you The sky above you and the fuel in the uh, tank on the ground, Mm -hmm. you need it all there. Now, we can eat the best food our money can buy, but unless there are enzymes with it to digest it, to break it down, and to allow the body to use it, this is, uh, it's not going to work. Strangely enough, our bodies are smart because we were designed as uh, hunters and gatherers and at the time we were designed, we could go, what, 40 days without food? <laughs> uh, if the weather is right, probably three to four days about, without water and perhaps only about four minutes without oxygen. Mm-hmm. But when there is a famine on the way or when the body can't use it, It is one of those that says, want not, waste not. And so it sticks it into fat and put it on the hips. Hopefully later on we'll get some enzymes that we can use it. Now, the minute you start to use enzymes and you're properly hydrated, guess what? You start to lose weight because your body can use that stored fat for energy.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: And this is the thing. Now, there's another ingredient that we need too, but if you want to talk more about enzymes, let me know. No, you go on to the next ingredient. Okay, the next ingredient is uh, an essential fatty acid. Now, why it's called essential is because the body can't make it. And we've got uh, virtually four essential uh, fatty acids. Uh, One is omega-3, one is omega-6, then we get omega-9 and 12. Now, 9 and 12, strangely enough, the body can make but it can't make omega-3 and omega-6. Omega-6, we get plenty of because we get it in all our grains and the vegetables, even if they're denatured, with all the enzymes taken out, we still get your omega-6. But omega-3 is uh, limited. And the ratio at the moment in when we look at nutrition Uh, The average human, uh, their ratio intake of omega-3 and omega-6, which should be balanced at approximately 1.5 gram each per day, is around about uh, 20 to 1 of omega-6 to omega-3.
2: And that's because we're meat eaters.
3: No, that nope. is because we are not getting the right omegas in. The omega-3 comes from your uh, deep-sea fish. It comes from certain nuts, not as heavily, not as as uh, frequent from the uh, legumes and nuts, but actually from your deep-sea fish and things like that. mm mm-hmm. And with the omega-3, what you've got to realize is that every membrane of every cell in the body needs omega-3. The brain, in order to fire the synapses, the electricity, needs omega-3. And depression is normally... Uh The three factors that I have found and the three factors that I've been using for the last 30 years since I've qualified as a psychologist and working with depressed people is your water, uh, the uh, enzymes and omega-3. And strangely enough, within weeks, people start to report feeling better within uh I believe normally about three months they are totally different.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: And this goes for people with autism. This goes for people with that has been diagnosed as schizophrenic. uh, And, you know, it works, simply works for those people.
2: You know, you just gave a timeline or a time frame that is not all that unreasonable i mean i know we we live in a, a a world where we want to feel better right now but you know three months is not all that long
3: no it I mean, isn't
2: i've i've seen recovery i mean i say to people who are recovering from an addiction your brain's not going to be fully functional for a year just bear with it i mean <laughs> but to feel better in three months is really encouraging
3: that is the situation well, basically uh it i have uh, in at the first time that i actually encountered this was during my studies in china with traditional chinese medicine because uh their approach is that it takes three new moons to change uh, a body
2: mm. mm-hmm.
3: and and to put it on the right path before healing can start. So basically, within three months, you're ready to be healed. And then, as you mentioned, it can take anything up to 12 or 18 months. Uh, as a matter of fact, it doesn't. It takes a lifetime because it's a lifestyle change that sure. needs to take place in order to keep you on track. And that's why, as an octogenarian, I am still going mm-hmm. because I make sure that I drink enough water every day. Mm-hmm. I make sure that I've got my uh, digestive enzymes every day and I make sure that uh, I have my essential fatty acids.
2: Mm-hmm. So those are really not complicated. I mean, that, that's, those are such simple choices that can be made so that, by anyone. That,
3: that's right. But... Unfortunately, this is not enough, Mary Beth.
2: So what's next? We only have about three minutes left. So what's
3: next? Good. Well, that's all I need. Okay. Unfortunately, as I mentioned, these uh, three supplements, your water, your uh, digestive enzymes, your omega-3s are vitally necessary, but it's not enough. There's another very priceless ingredient. Now I say priceless because it won't cost you any money. it only demands time and commitment. And as far as a matter of fact the demand is only for a few minutes a day relatively so time is not a, an objective either. And this other ingredient uh, is definitely needed in the process of overcoming depression, and helping to rebalance the body, the mind and the spirit. And that is called exercise. Research has shown that physical exercise is better than any of the current antidepressants on the market in helping people to snap out of a state of depression. At first, it was thought that exercise was more important for older people. However, whether you are Young or old, in today's society, exercise is probably the one aspect of health that, next to water that is the most neglected. There are so many benefits associated with exercise that it's too much to go into detail here. I'm only going to highlight a few benefits. Uh, First, it was found that physical exercise changed the level of serotonin, the feel-good hormone in your brain. That is already a big plus. Uh, Serotonin has proven to be one of the most natural antidepressants. Exercise also decreases the stress hormone cortisol. It's needed during the day, but unless it's controlled, it'll tend to keep you awake at night, allowing you plenty of time for what, as Zig Ziglar put it, stinking thinking. Exercise also increases the endorphins. Now, endorphins are the body's natural painkillers. And when these are released through exercise, your mood is boosted naturally. Now, as well as endorphins, exercise also releases the other mood-altering chemicals such as adrenaline and dopamine. And these chemicals all work together to take you out of a depressive state and make you feel good. But unlike the chemical antidepressant drugs, these hormones and natural chemicals does not lift you up onto an euphoric high and then drop you back into deep despair. Now, another aspect of physical exercise along with your... Uh, enzymes, water, and omega-3 is the fact that it will stimulate the growth of new cells in the region of the brain called the hippocampus. Now, the hippocampus is the structure in the brain that is particularly important in controlling your emotions and senses and help you to form new memories. For instance, in Alzheimer's disease, the hippocampus is one of the first regions of the brain to suffer damage.
2: Dr. Posa, we have to stop we Thank are you. We are right at the end, and i'm i 'm here in another program coming just on exercise and and the hippocampus because that one about memory we got to go there, so we 'll have to work <laughs> out an another scheduling another time for another interview.
3: Mary Beth, yes. Mary Beth, I had two words or ten words further to say, but okay. in any case, we'll leave it for next time. All
2: right. Thank you and so I'll much. And I thank
3: you very much.
2: All right. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Botha, for all of the information that you provided us today and for our listeners now. Be well. Take this information. Apply it to your life. These are simple strategies. These are things you can do in your own life and it's a simple choice to make to feel better and to be healthier so take this take this challenge go out there make it a great day you truly deserve it and walk for a half an hour daily thank you
1: thanks again for joining us for what matters be sure to tune in again next wednesday morning at 6 a.m pacific time 9 a.m eastern time on the voice america variety channel We'll help you continue to make a difference next week. Are you ready to make a change in your life? Would you like to discover the hidden obstacles to your success? Mary Beth Lodge is a certified life coach with a proven track record of guiding others to success. Drawing on mind-body techniques and concepts of neuroscience, Mary Beth will design a program specific to your goals, lifestyle, and personality. You'll develop a specific action plan to follow. You'll learn practical and easy strategies to move through your obstacles and reach your goals Visit LastingLifestyleChange.com to request more information or a free consultation.
0: Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaVariety.com.